0: Welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. Today, we are sitting down at the Limestone Branch Distillery here in Lebanon, Kentucky, and we're sitting down with the master distiller and one of the owners, uh, Steve Beam. Steve, how are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing great. It's glad for you guys to be here.
0: Great, great, great. So, hey, uh, for, for folks, and I'm sorry, Matt is joining us today. I, Matt, 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 Matt's I'm not easel. been with us for a couple of weeks, and I almost forgot he was here. It's true. I'm very far away from him right now. It's, <laughs> he's not used to this. Yeah. Usually, Matt's sitting in my lap, basically. So... <laughs> So for uh, fans that uh, for our fans out there that or listeners that aren't familiar with Limestone Branch, could you give us a brief synopsis of what makes you all unique and and, and what your brand is all about?
1: Okay, so um, we're a very small distillery here in the uh, heart of Kentucky, in the heart of bourbon country. Uh, we make very small batches. Our our fermentations are six hundred gallons at a time. Everything is very tactile. Our stills. We have an Olympic still, which is a produces a full-bodied uh, pot still flavor, and it's everything's done by sight and touch and taste. Uh, like I said, a very tactile distillery where uh, no no computers are used to dial things in. So it's a kind of a throwback to when my ancestors were starting in the business, and uh, we use an heirloom white corn, which I think is. Uh, kind of a unique unique, uh, component as well I chose the white because it has a little bit lighter corn flavor so it produces a little bit lighter uh, spirit as well so uh, you know we're a family certainly a family run operation very everybody who works here is very passionate about what they do very small number of people Uh, so yeah. That's all. How how long does that still run
2: in there for? Do you run it 24-7 or?
1: It runs 24-7, 360 days a year.
0: Oh,
2: <laughs> off for Christmas and high holidays. I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, it's it's one of the most unique stills I've seen. I mean, we've done a lot of these podcasts. We've been to a lot of, you know, tiny distilleries, big distilleries. It's it, it, Even the shape of it is a little bit different than most of the distilleries I've seen. So d- does she have a name?
1: Uh, the, well, we call her Cora. Core, all
0: right. They say you're supposed to name them. So. You have to. You grow an attachment to it when you name yeah. it. So, so you mentioned the the, the family legacy Beam, um, and it's synonymous for for bourbon. You know, most people know all the names that you know that are that go back with the Beam name. Um, can you tell us, you know, about those connections and you know how you come to you know how does Steve Beam connect to that?
1: Sure. Well, you know, uh, obviously, like you said, when you hear the name Beam, it is almost synonymous with. Uh, kentucky bourbon and uh uh, but what a lot of people don't realize is that there were actually three distinct lines in the beam family tree it started with jacob beam his grandson so jacob was the original beam who came to kentucky in 1792 and uh, sold his first whiskey in 1795 he had three grandsons who were all in the business and that set three distinct family lines in the in the beam family tree uh the youngest of those was uh john henry they called him jack jack beam and jack's distillery was early times so a lot of people don't realize that early times goes back to a beam founder but uh, jack founded that he had one son unfortunately they died within a year of each other and uh, Brown Foreman has owned early time since just after Prohibition or right around that time. Then uh, the middle son, grandson, was uh, David. And, of course, uh, that was Jim Beam's father. So everybody knows that story, where that ended up. Then our ancestor was Joseph. And Joseph was the oldest of that generation. And uh, we knew he was in the distilling business. We didn't know how much he was involved. I... Uh, saw a quote from elmo beam which was his uh grandson who was also the first master distiller at maker's mark and he referred to his grandfather as a master distiller so that that's one reference to him as being a master distiller and then just recently we turned up the uh his father david had died young in his 50s without a will and we turned up the uh sale they auctioned everything off on the Washington County courthouse steps so we saw found the the transaction record and so Joseph actually bought the still from his father so we know that that continued on there so uh yeah so we come off of the Joseph branch his his son minor case beam my great grandfather uh and then guy So we came down that we i i tell people we're from the brand the beams that are the nomads because after prohibition we didn't have a distillery if you hear a beam that was over you know say at mickner's or at four roses or at maker's mark all those are are from our our branch of the beams
0: gotcha so um during the tour and by the way i can can i i want to give big props to steve the 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 i will i'll call him the voice of uh (laughs) limestone branch because that dude's got the greatest voice ever um he does a fantastic explanation of the family history and things like that and one of the things he brought up and um and i had actually read it before i came but uh you're also somehow connected to jw Dant. can you can you tell us a little bit about that piece
1: sure so uh J.W. Dant, for those who don't know, was uh, also another pioneer distiller here and started here in Marion County, where we're located, uh, in 1836, and um, they, he became a, a very well-known and very well-respected distiller. He started uh, distilling off what they call off the log, which was a, a uh, type of distilling where they actually hollowed out a log and uh, they would mash. Piped steam into it and mash in it and ferment in it and then distill off that same same log but he started with that and it became very successful had seven sons who were all in in the master distillers and so uh he is my grand great great grand great grandfather uh so yeah so we have both distilling a great distilling history on both sides of the family
0: that's just crazy <laughs> when you really go back and look at it I, I guess in some aspect you got to think it's kind of a uh, distillers kind of no distillers or you know people that that uh, even I guess probably even moonshiners. some of those people you know are somehow you know related or, or put together but to have that rich of history on both sides of your family is just phenomenal so uh, h- how long has limestone been here so you want to give us a little bit of a, a backstory on that when, when you all actually reopen the doors here in Lebanon
1: sure so um so I I, um, I tell people I grew up around the business. So I didn't grow up in the business, but aunts and uncles. And my father had gotten out of the business way before I was born. But I had aunts and uncles and everybody that were still in the business. So I grew up knowing the business around it. Uh, and it's something that I had always wanted to do. So in uh, 2009, I started 2008 2009 I started really researching and that was just the beginning of the uh, the craft distilling movement and so uh, Yeah, so we decided that that we needed to if we were gonna do it We needed to do it now. I wasn't getting any younger. My brother was uh, He's a little bit older than myself. So we we would have been the first generation since uh, 1795 not to have been associated with a distillery at one point so uh we wanted to return our family you know the the side of like i said the side of the beams that had kind of been forgotten about uh back into the business and i had uh notes and things from my uh great grandfather and grandfather and you know i wanted to put our our spin on things so we opened up the distillery in 2011 really got started distilling in 2012 uh we always uh we always uh, made some bourbon, but in the early in the early stages, we were making more moonshine because we had to keep the, the doors open. And if you uh, still
2: have some of that. I won't be mad.
1: <laughs> there might be a bottle around here somewhere. Yes, yeah, it's, like it's a, actually really good. Some kind of cinnamon apple. Pie <laughs> if you stuff. pull
2: one out from behind that bar, I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> a, actually, I will be.
1: There's actually. I don't know if we have any more of the flavored stuff, but the, we had a, one called Sugar Shine. Which was a cold fermentation, really unusual, not unusual in moonshining, but unusual in the distilling business. But where you mixed fifty percent uh, cornmeal and fifty percent uh, sugar, uh, we use cane sugar, and water, and ferment it. Right, and from a no cooking at all. So all the alcohol is made from that cane sugar, because uh, the corn starch is too complex for the yeast so it breaks down and gives a little bit of corn flavor but it's almost like a a, a white rum with a with a, a little bit of a corn flavor that's interesting it, it, it was very good
0: absolutely well, now you're just making me want to try it even more <laughs> that's right man yeah. so it was cold, now i'm
2: disappointed
1: so, i can't try it so it was cold filtered it, it was it was no not cold filtered but it was cold cold fermented you know oh, where okay. we never cooked you know like it, with the bourbon we'll cook the corn and yeah. cook our mash this you never cook you just sugar water and cornmeal ferment it
0: kind of like wine i guess in some capacity yeah yeah i hmm. mean let's do it <laughs> so so we, we talked about the baby still out there cora um how many barrels do you get out of that thing a day
1: we working you know round the clock we'll get uh about four hundred barrels in a year, so that's just over a barrel a barrel a day.
2: I mean, yeah. Scott, it distills as fast as you walk, so I'm not really <laughs> sure what you want to. Well, it, it distills <laughs> still faster than I walk, <laughs> but, not, but not much.
1: Yeah, people are always amazed, you know, when they see the stream coming off the still because it's just a. It's great. That's it's so cool. A tiny what, little stream. But
2: what off. a cool experience! Like now you get to you get to see that firsthand. I I love that whole process. And yeah. I mean, move the bucket out of the way
0: and let me just try some of it. <laughs> Also for for, for those of, for those listeners that aren't as familiar with Limestone Branch, could, could you walk through kind of the the product set? You know, what what are the products you offer? What do those look like? You know, how did they come about? That type of thing, and let's really dive in onto the to the Yellowstone because you all uh, during the the tour, Steve told us kind of a stor- cool story about that piece.
1: Sure. So, um, you know, as I said when we started out, we were we kind of focused with some moonshine. We always made bourbon, and we was our intention was always to be in the bourbon business so uh, we um, partnered with Luxco in 2015 and they had uh, the Yellowstone brand and that's what uh, why the partnership came about was because of the brand and Yellowstone was actually an old Dant brand Uh, JW's son my great-great-uncle Bernard Dant started uh, Yellowstone and uh actually in 1872 they named the the bourbon yellowstone when the park was founded so uh, that put us into the bourbon business big time and that's what we focus on all of our production you know that we were were talking about earlier the the 400 barrels is bourbon Uh, we have such limited production that we want to concentrate on our bourbon we do have uh, rye whiskey as well and we do some experimental casts so uh, we do a uh, two-year rye that's finished in sherry cask. And that's our minor case rye, named after my great-grandfather, Minor Case Beam, who was Jim's first cousin.
2: So so all the minor case ryes are finished in a sherry?
1: Yes. That's interesting. Yes. Hmm. that's the Right now, that's the only expression that we have yeah. of, of the minor case is the sherry cask. And it's a, a unique uh, sherry. It's actually a cream sherry. Oh, okay,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, where, it, do you know where you get it, it? from? It's a
1: cream sherry from Myers Winery in uh, Cincinnati. Okay, that's interesting. The oldest, oldest winery and uh, largest winery in Ohio. Yeah, and uh, it was—they've uh, been making this cream sherry for a long time. It's actually John F. Kennedy's favorite after dinner drink so served in the his administration in the white house and things so hmm. uh, but we use that and it, it blends really nicely with the rye yeah
2: how many how many rye barrels do you think you put out or you fill a year
1: um we'll do about 50, 50 barrels worth a year okay. somewhere right around there
0: so i know you also have what's the yellowstone signature and that's usually a, some kind of special finish and you all do something different every year can you tell us about this year's expression and and how that you know varies from the ones in the past
1: yeah, so the, the Yellowstone limited edition, that's our, each year we do a limited edition, and that uh, allows me to be a little bit creative with, with the, the Yellowstone bourbon. Uh, we've done everything from, you know, a seven and nine year old straight whiskey uh, expressions to uh, charred casks, or, I'm sorry, uh, toasted barrel. Uh, then we did a char on the toast, and so different variations like that. But this year, uh, we chose. I chose to finish it in armagnac cask, and uh, it's finished for about three to four months in the cask, and it's just a real light uh, armagnac influence on the bourbon.
0: Yeah, we, we tried it. I, I thought it was really good. It was a. Uh, it, it didn't have quite that that cognac uh, armagnac. It's really mild, but it just really kind of enhances the flavor of the bourbon rather than, you know, over overwhelming it.
2: How old was that armagnac cask?
1: Uh,
2: I know some of them go 30, 40 years. No,
1: it, it was a on the bit, a young yeah, one. Yeah. Little, yeah, younger side, yeah. Young. And uh, the bourbon is seven years old. Oh, okay, cool. So the bourbon that went into the finish was seven.
0: All right. So does does Yellowstone have an age statement? Like is it always like four years or more or a blend of four to six year? Or, you know, where, where, where does that kind of label that?
1: So, so Yellowstone Select, that's our flagship that we put out. Uh, it's in all fifty states and several different countries. that is a blend of four and seven
0: four and seven okay, yeah. so there's nothing five and six it's no, four it's and four seven. four
1: and seven and uh, and part of that is ours and part of it is source. Gotcha uh, again, you know we we're only making four hundred barrels a, a year here so uh, and that's why wi- so widely distributed so we do do blend some With some source with whis- whiskeys from our partner,
2: yeah. T- so, talk to me about that. So, you're widely distributed, which is awesome. So, what states are you in? Where are you not in? What are the plans for the future?
1: Yeah, so we're in all 50 states, awesome. Uh, and that came with the partnership, you know. Uh, Luxco has a, a, a great marketing arm, and that was really a, a great benefit to uh, the partnership. Yeah,
2: how long have you been? Partnered with them for
1: uh, 2015. Oh, awesome! Great,
0: yeah. great, great. So for what five years now? Yeah. Yeah. So. Single barrel is kind of the the, the new hip thing in, in the bourbon industry. Everybody wants to go pick their own barrel. They want to have a party, you know, put their own label on it, you know, as far as like, especially in the bourbon groups, but they do Scott, stickers and stuff like that. have to have a sticker. That's and right. And then you
2: have to have a crock pot so you can dip wax over it. <laughs> That's right. And then you
0: have to forget the pull tab on the wax so it's a pain in the ass to open. <laughs> That's exactly right. So uh, tell us a little bit about your single barrel selection or, or how that process works because I know that you mentioned it when we were taking the tour.
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, so we um, we have no wax. <laughs> unacceptable. Thank God, we're going. No, we have to leave. We have to leave now. This is
2: unacceptable.
1: No, no wax, but uh, so our um, single barrels are range from four to six years, and we have two different programs. We have a program where uh, the customer can come down here, a liquor store or uh, a bar restaurant. Our bourbon club come down and pick out the barrel, uh, and we have several different barrels, and actually it's three different barrels at three different proofs. So 102, 109, or 115, and so then they can choose from those proofs. You know what barrel at what proof they want, which is really a kind of un- a unique process. Gives three nine different flavor profiles of those three barrels. Uh, and that is comes in a black label, Yellowstone. We also have the uh, uh, a barrel program where we send out uh, samples to liquor stores and things. And that is is our 93-proof Yellowstone Select.
0: Gotcha. So what characteristics do you look for when you are putting barrels aside and saying, hey, this is going to be great for a single barrel, things like that? Or how do you know when a barrel is ready to be picked? Well,
1: what I'm looking for... It, it, Wow, you know it, it is very specific to what you're looking for. So if I'm looking for a single barrel, you know it's going to have to hit all the notes. You know it's going to have to have, you know, uh, uh, great front of the mouth and and mouth feel, long finish and 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 flavorful um, in in well rounded flavor. But it doesn't have to be as as you know some some are more complex than others, but some are just good being a little bit less complex but uh, uh, as far as if when I'm picking a barrel to for like a blend then I'm looking for specific things so I'll generally pick a group of barrels that have just a strong uh, middle profile and then I'll look to to uh, extend that with barrels that have a a very uh, nice front end and then the long finish and then you and blending those in together to make that work is 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 really the art and craft because uh a lot of times you'll blend the uh uh what you, you something that has a great finish and you'll blend it in and then all of a sudden the finish just disappears You're like, so. come on <laughs> so with 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 your pot still being so small,
0: it has to be pretty temperamental, so you probably get a lot of uh Inconsistencies, I guess, would be the best way to put it, in some capacity, as far as like the way your the whiskey is going to taste, and and so is that one reason um, why you like to blend so much, or things to that nature, or
1: you know. Our product is, is very consistent coming out of the still. Well, that's good. Yeah,
0: I, I, I've just heard so many people with like smaller pot stills, they always like, man, they're just so... Um, and they say they're like women. They're just really temperamental, like, it, especially with the weather and different things like that that, that can cause havoc with them. Just people. know Scott said that. <laughs> that I said women can be temperamental? Yeah. That's okay. Steven and I did not say that. <laughs> Scott said that. I've been married so long, I don't even look both ways when I cross the street, man. It doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, they 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 are temperamental, uh, and they, they they do fluctuate some. But our our product, our overall product, is very consistent. Very yeah. consistent coming out of the the mash, you know, to the stripping still. It's um, we're fortunate, but like I said, everything's done uh, to taste and 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 by smell, taste, and tactile. So, yeah. can
0: you tell us a little bit more about the mash bill and what it looks like?
1: Uh, well, we generally have uh, two different mash bills that we run. Uh, for our standard uh, bourbon. So we have a uh, 75% corn, 13% rye, and 12% malt. That's our standard bourbon recipe. Then we have a uh, recipe that was found by a a friend of uh, a cousin brought in a notebook from the Dant family that had this recipe for weeded bourbon circled in it. So I just had to try that. And so we started out in small barrels and ended up, putting some back in 53s as well and that is a 60 percent corn 28 percent wheat and 12 percent malt
0: which by the way he he's making today while we are here and it man smells the smell amazing. is fantabulous so yeah. if it, if you listen to this episode i assume he'll probably still be making wheat stuff in in probably january sometimes yes. they need to come in here and just like smell a vision and really take in our experience as we've had it today for sure but in four to seven years i call dibs on that, that. <laughs> yeah. absolutely
2: 100 uh, uh, yeah do you have any wheat aging right now we, we
1: do have we started about two years ago okay aging wheat so in about another four years we'll have it yeah and then See, uh, four years called it. yeah and then we do have the the smaller experimental barrels that we do in the 15 gallons which okay. are they're done in a couple years which is which is actually how that program started uh, I've had that recipe, the 28% wheat, and I was like, well, I want to try this. But I don't necessarily want to put back 53-gallon barrels. So we started with some 15s and tried that. People liked that whiskey coming out of the 15, so we decided to yeah. put some it into the 53s as well. That's awesome.
2: I mean, the color on it is fantastic, even for a 15-gallon. No, absolutely. really like what it does to it.
0: It, it was a little mintier than I was expecting. That was the, the malted. malted. Min, that was the malted wheat. That That's the, right. That was the double malt. Yeah, and double that malt <laughs> hits you different. So um, so you've mentioned a couple of different finishes, things like that. Is, is that something you're going to look to in the future possibly as you grow? Because I know that you mentioned that you thought your capacity would go more to the, like the 2,000 to 2,500 range um, as far as barrels per year. Do you think you'll dive more into toasted finishes or – Heck, we're even seeing now people where, where they're, they're aging and doing like vanilla barrels like they're using in and, and honey and different things like that. What, what, what's in the future as far as limestone for that?
1: Yeah, we're, we'll probably in the limited edition is where I'll experiment with, with the different uh, barrel finishes and things. And we'll, we'll probably regu- regulate that to reg- uh, to uh, uh, just that once, once a year type of thing uh we have our, our bottled and bond will be out at some point here uh in the near future and that'd be six-year-old bottled and bond so oh, that will be
2: great
0: actually yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like that that's kind of where your sweet spot you want things to be is in that six-year range based off of just what we're talking about today
1: yeah you know for me you know six to twelve years is is a, a real sweet spot for bourbon for my for my personal taste Hmm. Uh, after, after 12 to 15, you know, it's, it's also good. I, right. I like that. But then after 15, it's really barrel after 12, it's really barrel by barrel Correct uh, for me.
0: Yeah. You can get heavy woody and tannic in some right. capacity once they get past that age. Yeah, that over, I agree with you. The over 15 is not,
1: is
2: not pleasant. Now it's really weird because I know we were talking earlier about scotch for a minute. People can't get old enough scotch and love it. But bourbon seems to reach a peak when it goes to a certain age. With scotch, you can have the weird years, right? 17, 19, 22.
1: But, but scotch is in a uh, used barrel. Correct. A used so, barrel. And so you have those new those new barrels, are, you know, Finicky. put, put a lot of intensity into it. And then the, the climate in Scotland. So you're, you know, if you put. Uh, bourbon in a warehouse and have it on the lower ricks it's going to it takes a lot longer to age than, than than higher yeah so you know but the the scotland in scotland the the climate is so uh, mild and and consistent that you don't get that in and out of the wood that you get here in yeah. in kentucky yeah
0: which is i mean it, it's just it's so funny to see that
2: the vast difference between it
0: so we're coming into the holiday season, and and, and me, I, I I love a a good cocktail during this time of year, whether it be you know an old fashioned or a whiskey sour. In the what do you summer mean this time of year? <laughs> I, I, I like my bur- I typically like my bourbon neat. You know me. You no, know, you know? every time of year, and is I a like, good time of year. And I typically like mine, you know, high proof. But uh, <laughs> if we were going to come visit Steve at his house and sit in the man cave and. Have a pour and maybe a cigar or something. What what cocktail are you pouring up? My my
1: my idea of a cocktail is putting an ice cube in. in I in love me. that answer, <laughs> and I really hope we can smoke cigars in your man cave. But, in yeah, your that's husband, a so great that. answer. But but <laughs> I but I. Service, I
0: Steve said, "Don't do anything with my bourbon. <laughs> Just water at the most."
1: But I, but I, I you know a good old fashioned is I, I enjoy those uh yeah. we were discussing ale. 8 if i'm going to put any kind of soda in there it's going to be an ale. 8 yeah
2: so uh, so yeah so i agree with you a hundred percent i know we were talking about it but that that cherry ale 8 and bourbon i don't know what it is but by god is it freaking delicious
0: so i'm a i'm a i love l8 it's good but yeah. but boon is my it's just my passion in, in the ginger ale family <laughs> gross <laughs> I love some Bundaberg Indiana people. <laughs> Can't have nice things. with that. it's fancy. I don't know. Like it, it's made in Australia too, it's which top, is a Top, top shelf ginger ale.
2: the papia ginger ale right there.
1: Uh,
0: the pap. <laughs> it is. It's super expensive. Kidding. Nobody cares. Um. So, w- what's coming next for limestone, Steve?
1: Um. Well, obviously we and we just spoke about the uh, expansion. You know, we're going to go from four hundred barrels to. Over a couple thousand, a couple thousand a year capacity. That doesn't mean that we'll be making those right off the bat, uh, and which is still very small. Uh, which is where I where I like to be. Um, we'll do uh, the um, bottled and bond. It'll be the next big thing from here. But it, we stay fairly focused, you know, in just uh, in our uh, bourbon selection. You know. we'll the limited edition, the Yellowstone uh, Select, and, and then, you know, the uh, barrel picks, of course, with the rye. The, um, I don't want to get too big a portfolio, and uh, we, we focus on our bourbon. And, and bourbon, that's what our family does. That's what we've been doing for 200 years, and hopefully we'll be doing that 200 years from now. And, and it goes in and out of fashion but that's the way it is and if it's in fashion we're not here because it's in fashion you steve
0: know? steve said i'm focusing on quality
1: not quantity scott <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so you know it, it's just what we focus on and, and we do uh we did i did introduce a gin this year uh and- try which uh,
0: i don't like gin it's actually it's actually different and unique that's right it, it, it's oh, better no. than most gins that no, i've no, had no nope that's not what you said earlier it's good it's good. That's not also what you said. What did I say? You said you liked it. I did. I do. I, I said it. Okay. I, I like it. it. I did. I liked it. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. Recorded it, it, and everything. It, it did have some uh, honeysuckle and some other um, unique uh, things. But you said that you all get some field greens, I guess, type things to put in there, or 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 floral agents to add to it but local botanicals local yeah listen see that's why i have you around matt you, you, you're you're the fancy For the guy one-liner <laughs> well that you know i am not the i'm not the smart guy on this podcast matt matt's the smart one I, i'm just the mouth i'm like jimmy hart i'm the mouth of the south we'll, we'll give a wrestling reference references we're in kentucky here yeah.
1: so yeah we we do uh collect five different botanicals things like honeysuckle and uh, blackberry mulberry off off the site and uh and added into the gin so it has traditional gin components and then it has those uh local components as well
0: i've not had a mulberry since i was a little kid i don't think and in case anyone's wondering that was a long time ago (laughs) that's not that been that long not that old (laughs) So uh for, for people that want to find Limestone Branch, do you want to tell us how how they can get here and then uh do do they, do they need do they get to talk to Steve? Is Steve here like all the time?
1: I am here if I'm not traveling. I tra- I travel a lot when we don't have a coronavirus around. But gotcha. uh, <laughs> minor detail. <laughs> but but I do travel a lot, so uh you know, going out with uh, different tastings and things. Uh so if I'm not traveling, I'm generally here. Uh but um you know, they can go online to limestonebranch.com and book a tour through online or, or check out the, about the distillery. We're in the, like I said, the heart of Kentucky, the very center of the state, Lebanon, Kentucky, uh, not too far from Maker's Mark or Wilderness Trail or Bardstown. So, right in that area, there's a lot to do around here. Uh, Independence Dave. So um, yeah, come down and visit us. We'd love to see, love to see you. Can,
0: can, can they pick a tour guide? Can they ask for the other Steve? Yeah,
1: he gives tours, you know. But we have great tour guides. All of our all of our tour guides are. Uh,
0: Steve was a good tour guide. <laughs> absolutely. I I, I got to go back and talk to him just again, just so I can hear his voice some more. But uh,
1: he is a great tour guide. But was uh, unique? He he's he's trained a lot of proteges, so they. Uh, we have we have great guides here, and uh, people have really enjoy it. You can go if you go and check us out on like TripAdvisor or whatever. You'll see we have great reviews. We have a beautiful front porch where you can go and have a cocktail, sit sit and enjoy the uh, outdoors. So come down and visit. Do you all offer
0: food during the summer or different times like little paninis or something?
1: We don't offer any um, you know like hot food. We'll have uh, some charcuterie things in our cooler where people can have a snack or something something like that
0: yeah because it really is a beautiful place down here i mean just the rolling hills you can kind of sit out there and i'm assuming you got the screens up because it's kind of colder and a little little, little rainy and wet but uh, i I could just see we're sitting out there on a nice you know summer day would be be a a great time for sure Uh, yesterday yeah yeah, yesterday had been perfect absolutely
1: yeah they we we have we put the uh uh make it a three three season room with the, the the screening and everything but uh they come down in the spring so that it's just all open yeah
0: so if people want to follow you they can follow you on facebook instagram all that stuff yes
1: all under limestone branch gotcha yeah. and we're in all all the popular places i guess good deal
0: <laughs> and and what's the address here at the location
1: it's a uh, 1280 veterans memorial highway lebanon kentucky 40033
0: and and if you come the way i came you get to go past this just massive building which i had no idea it was a i guess it was a is it a monastery or maybe a old nunnery the saint catherine there in uh oh, springfield
1: yeah saint catherine's was a uh it's a the mother house or not the, yeah well it's a hospital and the, yeah for nuns gotcha. and it okay. was a it was also a university at one time it's closed gotcha uh so, i didn't yes. know I just was driving and
0: I, like all of a sudden this massive building came in my <laughs> my yonder window and I yeah. was like wow what is that I was like, that wasn't Abe Lincoln's house, and I knew, <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was a tie to that to Springfield, but I knew it definitely wasn't the house.
2: And in case anyone's wondering, which direction is your yonder window? Is it to your left or to your right, Scott? It could be
0: either one. It's just out the window, to the, <laughs> to the far off, to the left He's or to the right. pointing to the right in case I was anyone's po- wondering. I was, I was pointing to the right because <laughs> that's where it was when I was coming up the hill, but... So good deal. The yonder window. If you want to find Bourbon Barrel Talk, you can find us at Bourbon Barrel Talk at gmail.com Is the best way to find us as far as asking questions, comments, or concerns. You can also look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That, that sure. pretty much covers it. You know. Yeah. How about you, Matt? If they want to find you, anything special? Look over yonder. Look over yonder. Yonder window breaks. Yonder side. window. That's right, man. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Shakespeare on us this episode. Oh my so. god so steve thanks so much for your hospitality we've had a great time um is there anything else you wanted to cover that we missed
1: i think i think we covered most everything so thanks for coming down thanks for having and, us uh, you know have a great year and hopefully the 2021 is going to be a, be the the new year right absolutely uh, the year
0: <laughs> scott minton matt jaznoff steve beam signing off